I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today, I get to share with you what my guest today would call a manifestation event. As most of you know, I love to manifest intentionally using the law of attraction. I am a big fan of Abraham Hicks and have followed them for over 25 years. I am also a big fan of podcasts about law of attraction. There are a couple of podcasts that I have in my ear pretty much every day. One is called Joshua Live, and the other one is called The Law of Attraction Roundtable, both hosted by Gary Temple Bodley. If you are close to me, I've shared many of his episodes with you because they are life-changing. I get so excited having this podcast where I can introduce you to these people like Gary, who have made such an impact in my life. Let me explain a little bit about him before we get into our interview. Gary Temple Bodley is someone who I believe discovered his true soul's purpose on this earth. He channels a group of non-physical teachers called Joshua, similar to Esther Hicks and Abraham. Joshua teaches a new approach to life and provides more details regarding the law of attraction and how to operate most effectively in this reality. He speaks about how you are the creator of your reality, yet you may not be aware of how the system works. If you knew how to approach life in a way that aligns with the forces of the universe, you would be living in more love, more abundance, and a greater levels of health and well-being. Your soul's purpose would be revealed to you. Your talents and special attributes would emerge. You would receive more inspiration and push past your fears to take action that would move you forward. You would be living a limitless experience of life and become highly effective in everything you do. This is what you intended to experience prior to your birth. Gary's story is so profound and his teachings are so empowering. And the tools he teaches, if you implement them in your life, I promise you will manifest a life of your dreams and learn how to look through eyes of love and have a life focused on purpose. Now that you know how much a fan I am of him, let me welcome him to the show so you can meet this incredible man and uncover his magic. So without further ado, please welcome Gary Temple Bodley to the show. Hi, Ashley. It's great to be here. Oh, you are. (laughs) I can't believe I'm listening to this voice that I hear every day. That was like the best introduction ever. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You know, it's just you are my teacher. You summed up the entire thing. (laughs) <laughs> so we can just say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You, if, but how do we understand that, right? So we, we can hear those words. You're the creator of your reality. You're here on the journey of self-discovery. You're here to express love, not to get love. You know, you're here to experience joy and freedom and abundance, not lack and limitation and suffering. Right. Right. And yet, unless you travel that journey, you're not going to understand it. Right. So it's cool that we get to tell people, you know, hey, there's a different approach to life that you could try here. Mm-hmm. And there's more going on that you think there's going on. And don't listen to me. Just go on that journey. Right. Make it your intention to not need love, but to express love. To say, I accept you as you are. I accept these conditions as they are. And I accept myself as I am. I'm not needing any of this to change. If I feel negative emotion, it's simply because I'm feeling some little fear here that's been triggered by a limiting belief. The limiting belief is the thing that I want to work on, not the conditions. The limiting belief imposes a perception of reality on my conditions. Without that limiting belief, I would see everything as good and right. It's only because I have this limiting belief that makes me think things are wrong or bad. 
And so instead of trying to control people or ourselves or the conditions, we say, let's take a look at the limiting belief. Let's prove that limiting belief is false. Let's reduce the intensity and let's move on. That's really the key to this whole thing here. And it makes for like a fantastic life. Yes. And it does. And you know, once you teach somebody how to get rid of those limiting beliefs, I mean, that's like the first big hurdle, right? Yeah. So let's see. I would say the first thing, actually the first words ever written, this book, so it's November, today is November 5th. Right. November 15th, 2013. So almost seven years ago to the day, this book was channeled. And so I had been, I had lost everything in the crash I had found the secret. I found Abraham. And then I had this inspiration to start meditating. And I was always against that. So I sat down with the Abraham meditations and I sort of like forced myself to meditate. And so I hated it at first. And then after a while, I got good at it. Then I felt this presence in the side of my head, on my jaw, inside my skin, moving around like a hand, right? Hmm. And it was obvious And I mean, it was weird, but it wasn't like scary. It was comforting. And it was just like the sensation. And I thought, well, maybe this is something happens to everyone and did a little research. Well, it kept coming every time, every time, every time. And then one day I said, you know, I just started like thinking questions to it and would get these answers back. And I thought it was me. And then when I, one day I said, who is this? And they said immediately, we are Joshua. I go, okay, I'm still making this up, right? right. You know, it's, yeah. that's so convenient. It sounds like Abraham, right? That sort of thing. And so I kept doing it, kept doing it. And then one day, seven years ago, they said, get up and go right, right, right. Went to my office computer to start typing and typed three pages that first day. And it was the introduction to the first book, A Perception of Reality. And the first words are, everything is right. Right. So that's everything the first right. sentence in the first book. There's five books and all the stuff that's happened since then. So if we establish that the paradigm shift in understanding is that nothing is wrong. Everything's right. Right. Mm -hmm. The good and the bad, we judge it. So without that judgment, nothing's good or bad. It's neutral. Right. The judgment of good or bad is what you know of as duality. And that's how we are sort of our old approach to life is we make judgment calls trying to protect ourselves from things outside of us that we think can do us harm. Well, that makes sense if you've been, you know, looking at history and living a human life from the beginning of time to now. Right. That makes sense. Now we come to this time of awakening and we realize, hold on, that was never true. We've always created a reality. We've just always been acting as if bad things could happen to us. We've been... You know, fear is part of the dynamic of physical reality. So we've always been like worried about what could happen, what could happen. And in that, we are playing the role of the victim and attracting a reality based in victimhood. It perfectly gave us the reality that we were exploring, exploring victimhood. Well, that caused enough desire for improvement that we created societies. Eventually, we created technology. Eventually, we created more abundance. And here we are 2020, which with more abundance than you can imagine, more technology, more freedom, all this stuff. We may not think so, but historically speaking, we have all this stuff that we created. Well, here we are with access to this technology, with information, and we can realize, hold on here. What if we were wrong all along? What if the truth of this reality is that we're here to discover who we are Mm -hmm. We were always the creator, and then we come to this flashpoint of awakening to realize, oh, my God, I'm the creator of my reality. Mm-hmm. And then now what do you want to do with that? Right. Well, now, once you've realized that, that you're the creator of your reality, then you are on a new exploration. The old exploration was that victim role, and it was limited. The new exploration is this, hey, I see myself as a creator. I'm going to maintain this vibration of love, which means acceptance. Love and acceptance are the same thing. I'm going to maintain this vibration of love. And then let's see what the inspiration is. And let's see what comes to me. And what's coming to me is showing me who I'm being. It's a mirror, right? Mm -hmm. And so I can accept it. Not that it's wrong. It's just, hey, it's just coming to me, showing me who I am. Well, let's 
alter that a bit. Let's process these limiting beliefs and then let's see what else comes. Right. You know, so I've been with you, you've been my teacher for like a year listening to the podcast. And what I have realized and how my life has changed by your teachings. And I'm thinking the listeners trying to understand limiting beliefs and all these things that you were raised, you know, to believe and they're not true. And that's all fear. And everything on the other side of fear is where life happens is the, the love and all that. And to live in love and to be love in every way you go. And all the time, look at everything as being perfect and everything's always working for me, not to me. And when you live that way, that's when you attract all these little, you know, breadcrumbs or, you know, the things to the next thing that you're supposed to do or the, you know, you open yourself up. Like I was listening the other day when you, you know, I always teach my girls when they go to like a grocery store, always engage. You never know who that person is. You never know what that person's going to lead you to or, you know, anything. Always be that beacon of love and light. And when you are and you show that and you're that way with other people, they're that way because you're attracting that in them, right? Absolutely. So then that I feel like what you've taught me and I guess what you've like solidified more in my belief system is that I've always believed in that coming from a loving place and always knowing everything's working for me. But you have a way of teaching this, like there's just no doubt, you know, and people to learn that those limiting beliefs are just that, you know? But I just, I wish you could explain, like when I listen to you and the people are asking you questions, I kind of know now because I listen to you all the time how you're going to answer it, you know? (laughs) Because I know when you they ask something, like the other day someone asked you about like this pandemic and the election and all that. And you just said, it's all perfect. You know, it's like, but that's that kind of the answer, right? Well, from our limited perspective, we're going to want to choose sides because we think that if this happens, it'll be better off for us. Right. Think of a football game, right? The football game is no fun unless you choose sides. So you choose root for the home team. And if the home team wins, you use that as your excuse to feel good. But if they lose, you use that as your excuse to feel bad. Right. Well, that's fine. And you can play around with that stuff. But really, if you want to be effective, you want to adopt the stance of neutrality. Nothing can make me feel good or bad. Right. I choose how I feel. Right. I'm not going to succumb to some fear out there and dip my vibration down. I'm going to keep the vibration based in love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And in that, I create a life based of love and acceptance. And so Joshua has talked about, this is a really cool concept, is doesn't matter what the subject is. Think of a bell curve. You see that bell curve chart, right? Okay. So uh-huh. it doesn't matter. Let's just say it's gun control, right? There is a line and it comes up to a point in that middle point, And then it goes back down to the other side. So the fringe is on the bottom and that's the most fear. On the left, it's against and the right, it's pro, right? So Mm -hmm. the pro person in gun control, in gun rights, let's say, really, really wants to keep their guns. And they're totally afraid of anything that might take away their guns. On the other side of it is people who really don't want guns to be in the public and they're afraid of anyone with a gun. Well, that's the fringe part of it. Most of the people are up towards the middle where it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, have your gun, don't you have your gun, it's no big deal. And then the middle top point Mm -hmm. is a point of absolute neutrality. That one person who says, I don't care either way. I don't know if this side is better than that side. I'm not going to even participate in that. I'm totally neutral. That is the highest point of love, neutrality. And then... And the lowest point of the fringes are the highest point of fear. And you Mm -hmm. can see that with anything. So we always want to be that middle point, that highest point of neutrality, knowing that the universe is going to work it out. That I, as a human, don't need to involve myself in it or control any of it. I just need to maintain my vibration. And then my experience will be created from that. Right. And how do you tell people to maintain their vibration? Well, this is a journey of self-discovery. So... To maintain your vibration is to vibrate in acceptance. So Joshua says love and acceptance are the same thing. You know, to love your neighbor really is to accept your neighbor. To honestly love your partner is to accept them as they are. Mm -hmm. To honestly love yourself is to accept yourself as you are. 
and be happy being authentic as you are, right? That's the pinnacle. So the highest vibration obviously is love. This is also who we truly are. So we want to be who we truly are, which is love. Anything other than that is simply fear. Well, most of the fear is irrational and it's based in limiting beliefs. And those limiting beliefs are part of this journey to discover who we are because without them, we come in knowing we're love as little babies and two years old. And then we learn these limiting beliefs. And we also probably bring in some limiting beliefs with us from past lives, who knows. But there's a bunch of limiting beliefs there. And as we work through those limiting beliefs, then we discover who we are. And guess who we are when we discover who we are? We are the creator of our reality. Right. Right. Which source. means that we're yes. source. Right. We are source. And source is love and we are love and there is no separation or difference. Right. You know, going back, so you discovered Joshua seven years ago when you had your whole revelation. Why do you think it happened then, didn't happen sooner? And I feel like, I don't know if I'm opening up more. I mean, it, Abraham Hicks has been around for years. I mean, 25, I'm 51. So I, I remember going when I was in my late 20s. So, yeah. you know, I've read her books, all that stuff. So I've been in there, but all of a sudden... I don't know if it's this pandemic, the earth is changing. <laughs> you came into it just so recently and then I'm drawn to you. And now my whole existence and realizing who I truly am has really opened up huge in yeah. the last year or so. Why do you think that is? Well, for me personally, I had to go through exploring unworthiness through business. So I, you know... I don't know why I was unworthy. I mean, my parents were great and, you know, we always lived in nice neighborhoods and I had stuff. It, I don't know what that was. But the first thing I had to do was go to college and graduate and prove that I could do that. First one of my family to do it. It was a nightmare. It was not fun. It took five years to get a four-year degree. I paid for it myself. It was difficult. And then I'm done with college and I have no idea what I want to do. I'm not going to use that degree in anything. And so then my dad was in real estate. So I went to get my real estate license, met someone, and then started this journey into real estate, starting this, you know, becoming a realtor, then a manager, then starting my own company, and then building that company, then losing the company and starting over again, building that really big. All of it to make myself feel that I was worthy and to get other people to appreciate me. So I had to go through those experiences of being this amazing creator and manifesting millions of dollars and riches and everything I thought I wanted mm -hmm. to find out that I never wanted any of that, that that was just a distraction. And I was buying into Western society's idea of what success was. Then I get to, you know, then I failed twice and I get this aha moment that that was always, a, you know, effort and struggle. It was never joy. And what was joy was once I found the secret in the Abraham, I got back into my passions of renovating houses and playing poker. And so I played poker professionally. I renovated houses. I did really good. And within a short time, I got some money back again, you know, bought my own house and had all the debt paid off and it was great. But so I had to go through that and we all have to go through what, but there are, there are, you know, there's, a, we have a boot camp that is this experiential journey of understanding this stuff. And we have people who are 84 and 19, but the most people are 35 and 50. Hmm. So think of that. Everything is a seven-year journey. Zero to seven, seven to 14, 14 to 21, 21 to 28, 28 to 35, 35 to 42, 42 to 49. 50 is where, 35 and 50 is where people start their journey, right? Huh. They've had enough experience of life. And that's, so you probably started it at 50, you started the podcast earlier this year, you know, right. that sort of thing. So you're ready to go on your spiritual journey to, just, to go from, you know, interested in this stuff to now really getting it, you right. know, at another level. Mm -hmm. Abraham, I think of, is this amazing bubble of love that's general enough. What Abraham says as a channel, people can accept. Right. But I came into it as I want to use this law of attraction stuff to get my money back. So I want to use it to get my money back. I want to, I'm in this habit of controlling, 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 controlling. I'm going to use the law of attraction. I'm going to control that too. Huh. 
And then you get stuck in law of attraction. Everyone does. Every single person I've ever met gets stuck because you can't control it. You can only control one thing, and that is your perception of reality. That's your vibration. You can choose to see everything as good, or you can choose to focus on the problems. If you choose to focus on the problems, that's control. If you choose to see everything as good, you are now exercising a muscle that is rather difficult to exercise. How can you say that this, you know, I got in a car accident. How is that good? You know, I got in a divorce. I got in a lawsuit. How is all that stuff good? Well, what's happening is it's reminding you or showing you that you're not on your spiritual path of true self-discovery. You're trying to control this experience of life to get what you think you want. That's a hard thing for people to wrap their heads Mm -hmm. around. What do you mean? I want more money. Why do you want more money? Well, because then, you know, I get to do things. I have freedom and security. No, no, you're inherently free and secure. You're the creator of your reality. So wanting something that the creator would never want is the exploration of the victim of who you're not. You turn that around by saying, oh my God, if I'm the creator of my reality, then I created all those things. Why did I create them? To come to this realization that you're the creator of your reality. Right. Right. Now, so that'll blow your mind. <laughs> it will. But, you know, like you think of the ages 30, when you say most of your boot camp is 35 to 50. And I've, I know a lot of those people just by listening and their questions and where they're at. And, you know, they're definitely found you as they're, you're their teacher. And you always say, if you're in this right now or listening, you're on this path too. Everyone, right. whoever has been, you know, directed toward you or this path. So when I hear that, I'm like, yes. And, and I've always been a teacher. And everyone always says that you're Ashley, you've always been a teacher. And when I started this podcast, I didn't know the direction of it, but I knew how, what I wanted to share this kind of, you know, all this stuff that I feel like is just life now. I feel like this is our new reality and what the world is going through to get everyone to kind of, I mean, like people like you to be in this world, to teach people how to view this whole life right now. And to get into, when I was listening to your interview today with Cindy Edison, she was talking about the new reality, right? Will you explain that? Because you said that a few times too. Yeah. Okay. I'm sort of getting chills. And this really is, is I've come to this awareness this year, 2020. So 2020 is the year of vision and clarity. Makes sense, right? Yes, 2020. Okay. So think about this. This is something that Joshua has said in the boot camp. This is a statement that is amazing. Think about source. Source has created this reality where there's all this life, and let's just say human life. So of all the human life, Source has experienced what Source is through the perspective of all these humans. And it's always been the limited perspective. The humans always thought that they were limited. They were not able to do certain things. They had to protect themselves. They're experiencing life as we have to Watch out for danger outside of us. Then you get to this point, 2020, and this is the time of the awakening. The awakening just means that you realize that you're the creator of your reality. You approach life in a new way as the creator rather than the victim. The victim is not like that sense of the word we think. It's just that if you believe that something outside of you can affect you, that's what that means. If you're the creator, you can't believe that. You have to know that everything is created and you create from your vibration. Now, if you can't create anything, then this now is a new age of limitless perspectives. Think about that. So humanity has been uh, in seeing all these fear-based limited perspectives. And now there's this opportunity for those who are realizing they're the creators to actually create anything, limitlessness. And this is something, this is the new world, right? So now, if you think about it, every organism on earth has a purpose. Bacteria has a purpose, squirrels have a purpose, lions have a purpose. Humans have a purpose, and that purpose is to awaken at some point, right? Realize you're the creator of your reality. And from then, once you realize it, you say, It's not about me anymore. It was never about me. It's about we. Mm -hmm. And now my mission and my purpose is to help other people awaken to the fact that they're the creator too. In any way, shape, or form that I'm inspired to do it. And my talent is different than 
Esther's talent or Shoshana Bean's talent or all these other people. Or Cindy, who are, the one I heard today, or right? Or Cindy or yours or all these different things, right? And so we get into these different ways of being this expression of source to help others realize that they're source. So imagine this. I wake up to the fact that I'm source. I work with you. You wake up to the fact that you're a source. Then you inspire others to wake up to the fact that they're source. Then they want, all they want to do is help other people. And mm -hmm. it spreads like this critical mass where we are not thinking about ourselves anymore. We're thinking about each other. And right. so that's, imagine how much more exciting and interesting life would be instead of trying to separate each other and say, you need to be like me. We're saying, I want to support you in any way I can to realize that you've always been the creator of your reality. Right. And so think of in 50 years, a domestic dispute. It's not the cops showing up. It's like 50 people who are awakened coming to support everyone and every, the kids and the wife and mm -hmm. the husband and, and the neighbors and everyone's there in support of these people. What can we do for you? And, and let's help you see through this and let's look at your limiting beliefs or whatever it is. You know, that's what we're moving towards. And technology is making it so that we're not going to have to have these jobs that we suffer an effort through. You know, we'll be more available to do all kinds of different things. When you get these messages from Joshua, does that feel like he's speaking to you and he's telling you all this information? How does that, or you just get this like download? No, as a channel, what's happening is on the fly, I'm receiving thoughts and I translate those thoughts into English because I know English, right? Right. Now, if I was French, the thoughts could come and I would translate them into French. But since I'm speak English, I translate them into English. And it's coming like this. I'm just trying to keep up with it. It's coming. And if you notice that I speak very quickly because that's how fast the messages are coming. Mm -hmm. And it's like rapid fire. When it's coming, when I'm writing, when I wrote the books and the articles and the answers to people questions, it was just like, I can only type with three fingers. And, and I break out into a sweat because it's just so much coming through so fast that I don't have time to even think about it. It just comes and comes and comes and comes and comes. Wow. I was talking to you. So when you wrote the book, when you had that first thing where it said, write, Joshua said, write, get up and write this book. Yeah. And you wrote it in what? So I many wrote, days? It was half an hour a day for 56 days, eight weeks. And you didn't even, it was nothing in your brain that you had to type. You just typed. No, I just typed. The, so it would type, 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 type. And then like that chapter would be done and then it would be a heading of a new chapter with the title of that chapter and just type, 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 type as if it was already written and I'm just getting dictation, you know, hmm. and there was no editing whatsoever. It was exactly like it was, it's just, you know, typing so fast, there's a lot of typos, but otherwise, you know, and even some of the words, I don't even know what they are. I have to look them up. Is that really a word? <laughs> you know? huh. And then when that book was done, so that was 56 days, and I had been sending them out to friends who are interested in Abraham and this stuff, and they were sending it to their friends. So it's got this big list of people who are just reading, the, like, the dailies. Mm -hmm. And then that book ended in, like, middle of January 2014, and so everyone's bummed out. Oh, we wanted, kept wanting to go. And the next day, this book starts. The hmm. next day. And so that health, wealth, and love, same thing. 56 days, half an hour a day. Both books are 122,000 words. So they're pretty big books. They're 300 pages. I had never really written anything in my life. I mean, I always could write, but I had never really written anything. And since then, five books have been written. It's pretty amazing. I'm going to go back to when you found this in your meditation. What if you never, like, do you feel like this was all part of your path? You started listening and going and listening to all the little nudges in your head? Yeah. And yeah. some people don't, like you have a choice in life. I always say you have a choice. There's a why in the road. You go this way or this way. But Gary picked this way and he went down this road to find Joshua, which was that, what you're living now. Okay. So that is my road. So think of it as a roller coaster. It's always going to be ending up at the same place. Okay. And you can enjoy the ups and downs and the twists and turns. And at the end place, and the, and the journey itself, 
is up to you to to allow in. So the more you allow, the more you say yes, the more you push past fear, the bigger it is, the more intense the experience, the more expansive the experience. Mm -hmm. So I could have been at infinite different varieties of this life. I could have said no to everything and been in fear the whole way through and not gone to college and got a job at a grocery store and but still, I would always be teaching. I would always be interested in the stuff. I just wouldn't let myself start a podcast or write a book or, or that sort of thing. Okay. On the other hand, I'm still much less than I could be, right? So right. I could be Tony Robbins size. What's the difference? My own personal fear. You know, so I have these fears about, you know, you get too big and they tear you down. All right. this stuff, right? It's irrational, and so when things come to me, I have a bit of fear and I have to push past that fear and say, yes, I'll be on Ashley's podcast. I'll be on the positive head. I'll do this thing. Will you be on TV? No. Will you go to Joe Rogan? No, I'm not doing any of that stuff, right? Hmm. You know, not that it's come, but I mean, I would really have to think about it because basically my life was this average guy, this average guy in real estate who had an average life with average friends doing average normal things, playing golf and going to dinner and stuff like that. But that's how you label it. It's right. not, if I could have looked at your life and thought, you're amazing, you have everything, you're real estate, you live in Florida, whatever, yeah. right? It's your perception of your reality. It's not everybody's. Well, yeah, exactly. It was my perception, which I wanted to be as average as possible. I wanted to fit in, fit in. So there was some weird limiting belief about that. I wanted to fit in. Mm -hmm. I remember being in seventh grade and like taking a mental note of what every other guy was wearing. There's four guys wearing corduroys. There's five guys wearing jeans. You know, huh. I'm wearing corduroys. Okay, I fit in or mm -hmm. I'm wearing something weird. So I always had this weird thing about fitting in and we tr moved a lot in my life too. So I was never in the same school more than a year. Oh, wow. I always wanted to make friends quickly and fit in, fit in, fit in, right? So when Joshua comes, it's the opposite of who I am. This weird new age guy now who's a channel. I didn't think that there were any other channels besides Esther. I didn't realize that there's lots of channels and we're all telling the same message, but in a nuanced way. And so I had to process my limiting beliefs and push past fear over time to get comfortable with what this is. So this is part of my spiritual journey and the way that I could come to an awakening in this life. Hmm. So it's all been perfect. So now all I'm trying to do now is think of myself in terms of love and that there's a benefit for those who are ready for it. And I'll make myself available to whoever comes fully. And I will do 10 times what I think I could do. I really lean into everything. Right. And when I say, oh, that's too much work or that's too hard, I say, no, I can do that. And I do even more and do even more. And I really work on my worthiness and really work on feeling good, which is, okay, here's a really interesting thing about feeling good that no one tells you. Mm -hmm. In this work, you will feel better and better and better because you will not be in so much fear. As the fear fades away and as the limiting beliefs reduce in their intensity, you feel lighter and buoyant and happier and more energetic. And it is intense, right? Yes, it's like, totally. oh, this, yeah, I'm yes. so good. And there's this natural thing to try and bring yourself back down, whether mm -hmm. that's drinking or smoking or watching TV or playing a video game or eating ice cream or whatever it is. And that is just saying, I'm not worthy to feel this good. Mm -hmm. Who am I to feel this good? If, you know, something bad's going to happen if you feel this good, you know, the age old thing. And that's another limiting belief there. So you have to work on being, it's okay to feel good. It's okay to feel great. And right. then when you do that, you raise your baseline feeling to another level, but it takes a while because you're, you're used to feeling a certain way and your ego wants to keep you down there. Cause it's like, what are you doing? Don't go crazy. And right. so you feel better and then you raise your baseline. Then you get comfortable there and then you are able to go higher and higher and higher. Yes. You know, so the other day I'm doing that with a friend, that magic, the secret book that she, you know, it's a gratitude, a 28 days of gratitude. And I do yeah. that anyway, but it was more of a, we we're doing it together. And we were like on day 10 and I'm, I came home, I think it was yesterday. And I'm like, 
I go running in the morning and listen to you at 5.30 and I do all Joshua's, you know, inputting for an hour. I come back, I'm so excited, fix the girls breakfast and then we go to school. Well, I'm coming home and I'm, I've been writing for 10 days, this gratitude and you have to write 10 things a day. And I usually write, you know, in the morning, I always journal like five things, but this is really dedication. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm just singing the songs and the girls are like, mom, you know, you need to calm down. Like, what are right. you doing? And I said, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful day. And they're just, they couldn't believe how I'm always happy, but I could tell it was up this, I brought it up. Right. Yeah. And then I, my friend that I'm doing it with, she's like, me too. The kids were telling me to I said, I think it's like all part of the, why I teach so much gratitude and, you know, bring your vibration, do whatever you can to start that vibration off here. And when you get to that, realizing that you are moving up the ladder and you're like, oh my gosh. And then you start seeing life in this whole different way. And the, you know, the rainbows are out and, you know, all the magic, you know, that's why yeah, I call this uncover your magic because everybody has magic every day, but they're not aligned and in this vibration to see it. And so when you teach that, then they're like, take your blinders off, look up, don't look down and raise up, rise up. Right. Yeah. And then that's the magic. That's absolutely magic. But isn't it funny how people want to say, are you crazy? What's yeah, wrong with bring you? it how down. How can you be so happy, right? right? Bring it down. So this is a cultural thing. And if you look, I've been doing the both podcasts for five or six years, five years now. And you have statistics from where everyone's looking. So if California was a state, I mean, a country, that'd be the number one country in the world. But okay. so most of it comes from, you know, a lot of it comes from California. Why Illinois, do you think that is? Why California? I think it's the epicenter of positivity. Huh. That it is this somehow drawing people who are the most aligned, the most, who have um, the strongest desires, who are most accepting of others, who want beauty, who want to live, who are, feel worthy to live in that kind of situation. And, you know, not everyone, but but more than other places. Then there's like Arizona, Texas, Illinois, which I thought was different, huh. New York, Florida. And then after that is Australia, New Zealand, or I'm sorry, Canada, then Australia, New Zealand. And in Canada, it's Vancouver. It's the hot spot, oh, okay. right? Right. And then it's England. Well, so we have a whole bunch of people in England and they're like, if you're happy in England, people are mad at you. Right. <laughs> you know, that's oh, right. Funny. But it's changing and they're getting happier and happier and happier. And then France of all places is a huge draw and listening, you know, population listens to the podcast and they're not even speaking English. Right. Huh. So imagine all that. And then it's the Netherlands and Sweden, but not Italy, not Eastern Europe, not Greece, not even Spain. Hmm. It's this thing that you, and you know, very little in Norway. I have friends in Norway who are like, you can't look at anyone. You can't say, if you said hi to somebody, they think you're crazy. If you're in a good mood, they think you're crazy. <laughs> you know, oh, funny. this is all changing though. And it's hard for us who are so into this to think that people would think you're weird if you're happy, but it's, but people are getting to be more and more and more happy and think about maybe 30 years ago, this wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. So all this work that Esther has done and all the, Napoleon Hill and all thinking about moving in a positive way, it's all starting to really take root now. Hmm, it take, I mean, it, you realize like, you know, I think of the kids growing up in this era, my children are 11 and 14 and, you know, the newness of the technology and all the things. And I know you say it's perfect. You told the other, you know, I'm like, I'm a, you know, anti-phone, anti, you know, technology. And then I said, well, wait, Joshua, I told my husband, Joshua said it was fine. It was all perfect. Like, yeah. We have to just look at it as perfect. They brought, they came into this world at this time and because they were ready for this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Think about us. We grew up at a time before and after internet. So before 2000, after 2000, really before and after cell phones, before, you know, with right. this level of freedom that our parents had no idea where we were, we just right. had to come home for dinner. Exactly. You know, and with all this technology that gives us everything we wanted. I mean, we would have killed for smartphones when we were kids so that we could not have to buy records and put them on the thing and then turn them over every time and watch them scratch and all that stuff. Right. So right. it's a really amazing, but with it comes 
love and fear in equal order. So, you know, what you can do on Facebook is unbelievable. Keep such great close contact with your loved ones. Mm -hmm. And then you hear things that they want to talk about that you don't agree with. And so that causes fear that triggers limiting beliefs. It's equal. Actually, it's probably a lot more love-based, but people tend to focus on the fear side of every single thing. Well, from our perspective, it seems like those video games that they're consumed by are a waste of time and are just distracting them from life, which is true to an extent. Mm -hmm. But yet they have to go through that to realize that what they want out of life is not in those devices. It's in their interaction with other people and discovering who they are. So they're on a different journey than we're on, but it's all perfect. Right. The trickiest thing is we want to help people so much. We are naturally uplifters. And when we see someone who's going through some difficulty, we want to iron it out for them. Mm-hmm. But that's a manifestation event. If something happens that triggers fear and they feel negative emotion, it's because there's a limiting belief and that event is there to show them that. If we smooth over their manifestation events, well, it's just delaying what's going to happen, you know. Right. But if they can say, oh, this happened and I learned something from this that put me on a new, you know, expanded perspective, then that was beneficial, right? And so they get resilience kids do from that sort of thing. Right. Our parents could not smooth out our manifestation events. They didn't know about them. If I get in a fight at school, my dad barely heard about it. You know, exactly. If, if I crash my bike, barely heard about it. Now it's like, oh, we better go see the principal and straighten this out and control, control, control. Right. You better wear a helmet, not arm pads, and you know, not right. leave five feet from the house. That sort of thing. Or like the bully thing. Like I'm sure there were bullies. You know, there were tons of them, but we never had the bully thing, the bully talk, or you know, yeah, your parents had to go talk to the principal because she was being bullied. Right. You know. Yeah. And it just, I mean, so you're a victim. Okay, not, not saying someone's a victim, but you're just playing that victim role for the experience of it. You perceive yourself as a victim and you're bullied. Now, the bully perceives himself as a victim too and right. can only feel good in the bullying of someone else. So they come together to have this interaction and each side gets some information out of that occurrence. I don't want to live like this, says the person who's got victimized. And they will make changes. In my case, we moved to San Diego, right in La Jolla. And the first day I get in a fight with a kid, I'm 10 years old or something, right? <laughs> and so I get in a fight with kids and I get beat up. Then my mom takes me to judo and I go to judo now and I'm 10 years old. And then literally before we move six months later, a year later, he tries to get in a fight with me now and I totally dominate him. And then we become friends after that. So it's like that had to happen so that I could understand that I didn't want to be that person anymore. I wanted to change who I was being to this new person. Now, I didn't understand at the time, but that's sort of what happened. Yeah. Huh? Do you think that or does Joshua, all of your teachings, do you believe that certain people come in at certain levels and are ready to learn more? Or people are like, oh, they've only experienced so many things in the past and now they're still down here. They haven't, can't get to that place in this lifetime. Right. Yeah. So essentially, we are all on the same path from fear to love. And somehow, those of us who are teachers are at this level only to help others get to here. But we can't help the ones who are totally in fear. They still have some things to process. We can only help the ones who are on the fence, who are, have some curiosity, have some interest in this stuff, and then we can share podcasts and stuff with them, and they can move further along. And who knows how long it's going to take? You know, It may take another 1,000 years or it may take 100 years. Who knows how long it's going to take? But it's not wrong to be in fear and lack. Right. It's just that's the – in fact, if you look at the population of the planet, 98% are in some kind of fear and lack. And at least 70% are in major fear and lack, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that there's even 2% that are 
approaching life as the creator of the reality. Think of Elon Musk, you know, these types of people. Mm -hmm. That is really adding to the vibration of the planet and the collective consciousness to aid them. Elon Musk is this example of courage, you know, of I can do anything and I'm not going to care. I'll risk losing anything. I don't care about that. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care if I lose everything. I mean, there's a time in Tesla where he was literally down to zero and had to borrow money from friends to keep it going. Mm -hmm. He didn't care. He didn't care if he lost his house. What It didn't matter to him at all. He was just focused on, on what was possible, right? right? And in that, he is this amazing example. Joe Rogan's another one. You know, how did Joe Rogan come to have the number one podcast and be one of the most famous people in the world? All he was doing was being authentic. And right. people could see the authenticity of that. Now, that's scary because he gets criticized left and right, but he just chooses not to look at it, right. you know, not to engage in it. And all it is is saying, I am worthy of doing anything that I want and having and being whoever I want to be. And my journey now is to say that everything's right, everything's good. I'm not going to focus on the negatives or the little part that's not perfect. I'm going to just get to this place of acceptance and then receive inspiration and then try to figure out a way to push past the fear to act on these inspired ideas. Mm -hmm. We have this program called the Ascension Experiences for pe people who have graduated the boot camp. And so we had 16 people and they all were in different areas in different parts of the world. And so Joshua would give each one a unique plot every day. So a plot is like a task or an assignment. You're plotting your ascension. And so it was just this one thing that you had to do and you couldn't, you could do it quickly or whatever, but you wouldn't get another plot until you finished it. Huh. So people would do the plot real quick and then they would get another plot and do that plot and do that plot. And at first it was like, you know, where's this headed? I don't know what this is. And like give then, me an example of a plot. I okay. need to. So Jeremy is this artist and his plot was to write a list of 10 charities in St. Louis. Just right? write a list of 10 charities. That was it. Okay. Okay. Then the next plot was speak to three charities and tell them that you're going to auction off one of your artworks and give the proceeds to that charity. Right? So he got mm -hmm. to interact with them and talk to them and he found one he liked. It was called Kids with Cancer, uh, Friends of Kids with Cancer. And then he had to put his artwork on auction, right? And then the artwork, which he's been channeling art. Huh. So he literally gets into the state and they tell him, move your, you know, you put it in that color and do this, put it in wow. that color, do this. And it's spectacular. Huh. It is so amazing, this stuff. So he puts it on eBay, sells it, and then gives the money to the charity, goes down there and gets the thing. And then from there, it's all these other things that came from that. But he had to give away, give away, give away. It wasn't about needing money to support his art and all this stuff. Right. And he rapidly went where he started doing all these other paintings. He started giving all this stuff away. He got a mural on a building to paint. He got commissioned. He got invited to do these live charity auction paintings. Just blew up in 30 days by so acting on inspired ideas. Yeah, yeah, so you're taking action. Joshua is giving Josh Joshua is saying do this. Yeah. And it's showing people that you can have all the dreams in your life that you can sit there and dream, push past the fear and take the action. What? Just like you contacting me. Well, first of all, you starting a podcast. Right? right? So you had this idea and you had to do it. And so you did it. Well, how many other people have done this? Right? right. Everyone has this idea of something but they don't do it. Well, you pushed past enough fear and you did it. Right. And then you invited all the guests and you got comfortable talking to everyone and you invited me. And then you have this amazing experience that right. leads to other amazing experiences. But if you don't act on your inspired ideas, you're going to stay limited. Right. Nothing wrong with it. It's just not what you intended to do. So there's always this inner conflict. You know, I, I have these, this desire to do these amazing things, mm -hmm. but I'm too afraid to take any action. And so it, you know, creates manifestation events and creates bodily conditions and all this stuff. Right. It is really a tense way to live. Right. Talk to me about dis-ease. 
Okay, all disease is, let's say everything, everything, not just anything, everything that happens, all the good stuff, all the bad stuff, everything that happens is to get you on a journey of self-discovery. That's it, Mm -hmm. right? However, to go on that journey, you have to process your limiting beliefs. You have to change who you are. You have to feel worthy of this journey. You, all these things. Now, some of us come in with really intense pre-birth intentions to discover who we are. And we come in with a higher sensitivity. So if you're more emotionally sensitive than other people, it's because you really want to go on this journey of Mm self-discovery. So as long as you're going on that journey, everyone who comes to you is helping you on that journey. Everything that happens moves you along. You'll have experiences that will seem like you can't do it, but you push past fear and do it, right? Mm -hmm. If you resist this journey, then all these manifestation events happen. If you think, imagine, imagine that you are the creator of your reality and you say, I want to get married and have that security of being married to one person for the rest of my life. Well, that makes no sense because you're the creator. You don't need security. And so you can't get security. So you have a divorce, which allows you, you know, realize that you never needed that security. You were always able to do it on your own. That right. sort of thing, right? Disease is the same thing. The first sign of resistance is that limiting thought, that negative thought. That's wrong, right? If you just say, I agree, that's wrong. Well, then something has to show up in your physical reality. The next thing is what we call a manifestation event. Maybe it's an argument with someone or, you know, someone cuts you off a of traffic, a real small thing then those things get more intense and bigger and bigger if you keep ignoring them. If you ignore all those things and you start blaming, oh, that happened to me because that person did that or that those people at work were like that, then the universe is like, well, she's not paying attention to these events that are happening in her life. We're going to have to go into the body, right? And so Mm -hmm. you develop these unwanted chronic conditions. Now, that's not always the case. Like, I have in the boot camp a very well-known and famous oncology doctor, right? Oncologist. And she is, says, when they come into my office, they, I know it's fear and limiting beliefs. And if they are ready to radically change their lives, quit their jobs, stop complaining, improve all their relationships, all that stuff, they have a chance. And the, the chemo will give them time to change their lives. If they change their lives, they'll be fine. If they keep, you know, grinding in that old job, if they keep, you know, these sour relationships going, if all that resistance, it doesn't matter what she does, they're on their way out. Right. And this is, you know, and it's different levels. So it could be like a little thing, like some chronic, you know, fatigue. Well, chronic fatigue is simply, it's exhausting to be in resistance all the time. You know, this is your way to sleep all day, that sort of thing. Yet the resistance is always, you know, I hate to say it, but it's always the person's choice. It's your choice to blame the outside conditions and to not look at those limiting beliefs. Right. If you're listening to this conversation, you're not one of those people. You're ready to take a look at those limiting beliefs. And that's where all the beauty lies. You know, realizing it's always been within. Right. I was listening to you talk about law of attraction is like math. Yeah. (laughs) What does that mean? Like math? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure where that one came from, but it is like math. It's like one plus one is always going to equal two. You know, you put out the equation and it's always going to equal what it equals, right? There is nothing to it. You put out a negative equation is going to bring back a negative. You put out a positive, it's going to bring it back a positive. It's always going to, it's like gravity. Gravity is always going to work. Right. The law of attraction is always going to work. It will support you. Actually, what I just realized is the definition of law of attraction is the definition of abundance. So the definition of abundance is receiving everything you need to do whatever you need to do in the moment you need to do it. Yes, I love that. And law of attraction is that. It's giving you whatever you need. So if you're exploring victimhood, it's going to give you all these experiences that will allow you to to know that you're exploring victimhood. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're exploring being the creator of your reality and giving in service of others to something higher than yourself, it's always going to give you what you need. Right. All the money you need to do what you need to do. All the people, helpful people, all the technology, all the experiences, right. all the beliefs. It'll always give you everything you need. And so look at me. I'm exploring what it's like to be a spiritual leader teacher to aid others into realizing that they're the creators of the reality. And so I manifest you and you come along and we are now having this conversation that other people will hear for years and years and years to come, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the law of attraction brought us together because we are perfectly compatible in our mission to teach and to share this with other people. Yes. I love that. Was no effort at all. I didn't go finding you. You didn't have to convince me. It was like an email. Right. And you know, you were saying one day about, you know, telling people like, look back in your life. You've always been taken care of. You've, there's never, you think that all these problems are these monumental things, but really when you, now that you know, like when you talk about all limiting belief is you don't know the whole, all the Story. information's not there yet. Right. right. Yeah. So once you get, like, you always use that example of, you know, the boyfriend that you broke up with in high school and you're just like this wreck. And then 20 years later, you're like, now, you know, all the information. Yeah, so it's, it there's out. no, it worked out, but yeah. that is life. And that is why everything's perfect. And why you give that, you know, to believe that and to live your life that way is just, Empowering. Um, yeah, very. It's yeah. so empowering. Yeah. So instead of fearing bad things happening to you, oh, you know, I had this bad experience where my boyfriend broke up with me in high school. I don't want that ever to happen again. Well, of course you wanted that to happen because you wouldn't want to be with that guy now. Right. You know, you had these great experiences and you have this husband and family and stuff now. So that was actually a good event, but you just perceived it as a bad event because you had this limiting belief because the limiting belief didn't have enough information. Well, that's true of every single thing that happens to us and true of everything we worry about. Right. If you're worried about something, if it comes, it's for your benefit. So don't worry. Right. Just like the whole Corona thing, right? <laughs> this whole COVID thing and the, yeah. you know, and you got COVID, right? For Tracy a couple and I days. Got COVID. Yeah. It's funny too, because um, we, we didn't stop. We didn't, we've been living our lives and we went to New York in end of June, beginning of July, right? When they're like, oh, we were, we're shutting down New York. You can't get in. You have to sign this form. You got to quarantine all this stuff. We're like, that's not, that's never going to happen. And so we go to New York. We have a great time. We're interacting with tons of people, you know, Joshua people there. They're, they're bringing people over to me and Tracy. And it's so funny because on the street, everyone's, you know, in mass. New York's really probably like California was really locked down. And it was sort of hypocritical because everyone was eating outside. Well, you know how New York is, it's a sidewalk. So there's a million people walking. Right. Everyone's eating. They don't have masks on. Huh. Everyone walking. If you have a cell phone, a cigarette, or a drink, you don't have a mask on. Right. And, you know, and so what are they doing? Right. So it was very interesting to see how this all worked out. But anyway, we come back to our little town in North Carolina and somehow – Tracy got it first and it's like, okay, I didn't stop kissing her. We're still close. And I got it a couple of days later and she, you know, it was big headache, real exhaustion and body aches and a little coughing. And for her last three days, for me last two days. And then it was back, but I had no resistance to it. I had no fear of it. I knew I was going to be fine. And I had this feeling and that because I had done some podcasts about it too with Joshua and and uh, with the Bigelson brothers who who understand what this is at a different level right anyway so I had no fear and I just went with it and literally all I did was take two ibuprofen things huh like what 800 milligram ones and I was fine you know and two days later I was back to normal so I I felt like it was and like a DNA upgrade that everyone needs, you know, mm-hmm. and at some point everyone's going to have it, whether there's by vaccine or, or they right. get it. But if you look at the statistics of what was happening from a spiritual point of view, 
the children at the higher vibration are essentially immune. Right. And the people who are in the most resistance are the ones who are having complications. It's a, you know, as you have to look at it from this higher perspective that death is not this thing to be afraid of. Right. We really have to get over this fear of death. It is, we are eternal and there's so much evidence of the non-physical. And if you have any doubt that you're eternal, just go to TED Talks on YouTube and Google or search for life after death or near-death experience TED Talks. And there are so many of them that you just listen to four or five or six of them and you will never be afraid of death again. Because those people who have near-death experiences are completely absence of fear of death. Right. I'm having somebody on next week for that had that experience. I'm excited about that. But it's true. You know, we're all going to die, you know, and people live in that fear. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because (laughs) death is the easy part of it. And we want to return back to the non-physical and then come in again, you know, and return and come in again, return and come in again. This is what we do. So in your mind, I was the, you've been here like 3000, you could thousands of times. And when you yeah. say you're afraid of a ghost, when Cindy, when you told that to Cindy today in that yeah. podcast and she yeah. brought it right up, she's like, well, that's still in your energy. That's in your vibration still uh, from past uh, lives before, right? Well, I think that humanity has this fear of supernatural, you know, and I'm right now processing other kinds of fears, more basic human fears. So that's one of these fears. It's not a big fear. It's like a little tiny thing, but I like Little things have been happening where one time we were out on our back porch at 11 o'clock at night and I had explained to Tracy this realization that this download that I got and it was like such an interesting idea. And as I finished explaining it to her, a voice says, hey, he's got it. Like a woman's voice, like walking in front of this house, but our house were like, a hundred, 200 feet from the street. And it's 11 o'clock at night. No one's walking out there anyway. And no one's talking that loud. And then another time we were talking in our back, back room and we we're at a certain place where there was these windows and there was a storm going on. And I had said something that was like really profound in this, another download I had. And immediately this lightning hit a transformer, huh. blew the thing up. I didn't even it was the loudest thing I ever heard. The blue flame, we could feel the heat two houses away. Oh, my God. And we're like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I told her this thing again because it was so loud. Tell her the exact thing again. It happened to the next Transformer. Huh. Another bolt of lightning blew up the next one right there. I was like, and then I was doing a Joshua Live. We have it on Zoom, so there's all these people on Zoom. One of my friends, Greg, is there, and he's in my big view, for some reason, someone else was asking a question and I'm channeling Joshua. All of a sudden, his daughter comes in the screen and then appears right behind me. And I go like that, you know, and she's right there. Yeah. And so, and then I turn back and she's gone. She was there for like an instant. And I'm like, and I'm channeling while this is happening, (laughs) you know? So I didn't break anything, but it was like, ah, what was that? It was really interesting. So little things like that are happening. Oh my gosh. Okay, Joshua, we're at the end. I feel like I've taken so much of your time and I probably could, because I just love you so much, I'd want to sit here all day and talk to you and ask you so many questions, but I've appreciated you so much being here. Well, we could always do a part two. We could. I would love that. Yeah, anytime. Oh, thank you. How can people, can you tell, so Joshua Live is the podcast that I love and so is the the Law of Attraction Roundtable. Both of those are amazing. Twice a week is Joshua Live. Yep. Is the other one is whenever, whenever we do it. Okay. Yep. And then, yes, the best way you could just Google Gary Temple Bodley. The website is theteachingsofjoshua.com. And uh, Facebook, we have the Friends of Joshua Facebook group. And that's, that's it. And that. really the way to do it is the website has all the reading. It's all free. There's articles and hundreds and hundreds of questions by people that were sent in over the years. The books are there that you can get on Amazon. And if you listen to the podcast, that will really resonate with you or not, but it probably will if you're listening to this. Also, the 
meditations are on Spotify and Amazon. So those are guided meditations. And the key to all of this is meditate, is starting meditating and then get in touch with that inner self. Everything that we do is to help people get in touch with their inner selves. Their inner selves will guide them to their, on their path of self-discovery. Of awakening. Of awakening, yeah. Um, on your meditations, is it you speaking? How? What are those? It's Kyla speaking. She's got this amazing voice. Huh. So I channeled the meditations, sent them to her. She did her voice and sent them to music. And then we have them. Oh, neat. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Oh, I love great. that. Oh, I yeah. love it. Oh, Joshua, it has been amazing. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Dream come true. I can't even tell you, everyone that's listening, this man is like my biggest teacher right now. And I'm so grateful. Awesome. I'm so happy to meet you too. Thank you, Joshua. Joshua, Gary. <laughs> that's okay. I get that a lot. <laughs> I always say, well, I'm always saying, oh, I watch listening to Joshua. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Ashley. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.